Awesome, awesome. Thank you guys so much. Man, God is so good to us. I just feel like before we even get started, would you just close your eyes again and just put your hands out? I'm shaking. <laughs> yeah. That we're standing or sitting or we're in the presence on holy ground. We're in his presence on holy ground and when we stand in his presence or when we're in his presence, we just thank you for love and truth and truth and love. We thank you that you don't leave us the same, the, the same way. Everybody that had an encounter with Jesus, he always said, go and your sins are forgiven. Go and sin no more. There was a, there was a break of the lies that had been told to them, of the lies of a wrong thinking or the wrong way of perspective. And I feel like that's this morning as we just been full. As we just been sitting in his presence, just knowing that we're not gonna leave the same way we walked in. With the expectation, we're not leaving with the same junk that we walked in with. We're not leaving with the same spirits that maybe got attached to us throughout the week and we're we're not leaving his presence like Jacob I'm not going to go until you bless me I'm not going to go until until I've wrestled with you enough to shake off all the things that don't belong so we're saying Holy Spirit we just we repent of all the things that we've made it about and we've we repent of our of our own egos getting in the way and we repent of our wrong thinking and we repent this morning of of holding on to things that don't belong to us or in us. We, we repent of those lies that we've made truth from the enemy. And so we just say this morning, we, we repent of those things. Burn it up, Holy Spirit. Burn it out of us. That we can stand in your presence, holy, righteous. But who can ascend the hill of the Lord? Those that have clean hands and a pure heart. So we're saying, wash over us this morning. Wash over us this morning. I bring my bad choices to you. I bring my, my thought process to you. I, I bring my, my words to you that I've said and heard, or maybe even out of anger. I bring, Lord, I just bring you my marriage this morning. I bring you my children this morning. We bring you our generations that are coming after us this morning, God. We just bring it all to you to lay it at your feet. us that will never be the same touch us this morning that we're never going to be the same that we would feel your love like never before that we would feel your comfort like never before and just as we sang that song prune out the things that don't belong we give you permission this morning to prune out the things that don't belong prune out the lies that this is our generation thing and we're always going to have to deal with it. No, prune out that lie that today it stops. Today we speak to heart failure and heart disease 
It's not a generational thing. We stop it right now. It ends with me. And alcoholism, we, we, it ends with me. And, and anger, it ends with me. And divorce rate, it's ending with me. And, 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 and children being another statistic, it ends with me and my kids. And so we just speak to those lies and we just say this morning, God, prune out those lies, prune out statistics, prune out the things that have spoken into my life that don't need to be there anymore. And, and just as much as Adam and Eve were in the garden and they began to, to entertain or tolerate the words from the serpent, we, we just speak to that right now, God, that we are not going to listen anymore. We are going to believe the truth that comes straight from heaven's mouth, straight from the throne room of God, that we are children, not that we are the head and not the tail. And we're, we're above and not beneath and our, our city will be saved and our, our marriages will be saved and, and our region will be, will be taken for the gospel of Jesus Christ. And the gospel still saves no matter what we're told and prayer still works no matter what we're told. And, we just believe it this morning, God, that we declare it with everything inside of us. We come into agreement with heaven. We come into agreement with heaven. Yeah. just still keep your hands out and your eyes closed for one more moment. When we'd be worshiping, I'd always be thinking about like how cool it would be that Jesus is like sitting up in the, on the rafters, on the, on the big blocks above us and sitting there watching over us and smiling. I thought it was always so cool. I used to even look at it from my tablet, a reflection. Maybe I'd capture glints of him. But you know what? This morning, he just reminded me of that he's not up there far away from us, but he's right there next to you. And I know he still is, in, we're in his presence, and I know that he likes to partner for us to partner with him. But I feel like this morning, it's, it's more about him reminding us that he's right next to us. Maybe you felt far away from him. Maybe you've walked in this morning saying, you know, the age old thing, if I, if I walk into church, it's just going to set on fire. It's not going to set on fire. You're going to set on fire with his love. And so we just speak his love over us this morning. We speak the love of God over me, over my mind, over my eyes, over my ears. And I say to the person around us, beside us, in front of us, behind us, that they would begin to experience the love of God this morning. The truth that passes all understanding. The truth that we are called his sons and daughters and the truth that we no longer have, we're, we're not, um, that, we, that we can't do it or we're not good enough. We speak to the truth that we are the righteousness of God and that you are pruning things out from us, God, that doesn't belong. And maybe it's the, the lies, maybe it's the wrong thinking, maybe it's the wrong feelings. We just say prune it out this morning. Prune it out, Jesus. Man.
Jesus. like there's a release this morning that needs to be made maybe there's unforgiveness in our heart towards somebody or something or even a situation that maybe we're, we're, we're holding on to something and I feel like there's just this release that the father wants to do this morning it's like the bible tells us when it, when it says that come to me all who are weary and and are heavy burdened and I'll give you rest and I feel like this morning that's what he's saying to each of us it's just come to me and I'll give you rest come to me and I'll give you rest that it won't have to be you'll have to drink a sleep time tea or you'll have to take melatonin to try to sleep at night but come to me and I'll give you rest that you won't have to worry about the, the even laying there uh, 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 laying there in your bed trying to count sheep or trying to do all the different things to to make yourself fall asleep it's just we just want to come to jesus and he's going to give us rest and he's going to give us rest and we're going to have the best night's sleep and we will have dreams and visions angelic visitations in our sleep I feel like that's one of the tactics of the enemy if I could just be real and honest with you I feel like it's one of the tactics that we're gonna make we're gonna get into here in a little bit but that's like it's become so easy for us to stay awake at night because we're wanting to binge watch a show right we, we start into these episodes and it's not just one episode it always turns into like four or then you end up finishing season one and it's four o'clock in the morning and you're like I was just gonna watch one episode <laughs> But I feel like because there's a distraction that the enemy wants to do in our hearts and our minds, because if we can, we can be tired for the next day, then it, it really makes it more difficult that we're more focused on our tiredness than we actually are focused on what God wants to do. And maybe because we're so tired, and I know I'm, I'm speaking to myself, I'm, I'm right there along with you, but it's like, how many things have we, have we allowed to distract us from the true purpose that God has in our life? And how many things have I still continued to hold on to because I don't want to let go? Because then maybe I won't be able to keep up with the great, the, the newest show, or maybe I won't be able to keep up uh, with conversations, and maybe I won't be able to, to whatever it may be that we're holding on to because of some excuse of that we've got to, I, I can't let go yet. And yet the whole time the Father's saying, just let go because what I've got for you is so much more. What I've got for you is so much more than we're holding on to. And, and I feel like that's, that's been my heart prayer lately. Is I could just be real with you. It's like, God, remove the distractions so that I can better focus on you. And remove the, the distractions of the phone, of the TV, of, 
of, of things that I can be able just to focus in on you. I can focus and be so much more intentional. As a pastor, I'm trying to be more intentional with my family and trying to be more intentional with my marriage. And I wish I could tell you I'm, I'm all the way there, but I'm not. I'm still trying. But it's like being more intentional with my wife or being more intentional with my children. And there was one time, I'm just going to tell you, I, I, got, I got called out on it by my wife because like Michael wanted to do there was something going on with the with this Xbox and we were we were all this stuff and he wanted to get and I was like dude I'll be in there in a minute hold on and I was still sitting there on the couch and she's like babe just go do it and I was like fine I'll get up off the couch <laughs> I'll do it you know what I mean <laughs> and I got up and we ended up having a great time and but I realized it was intentionality that he wants with us I guess I'll be vulnerable again. And yesterday, you know, I'm preparing for the sermon and I'm getting ready and I'm praying. And we have four young kids. And so if I, if I could just be real, our house is kind of chaotic at times. Uh, from 11 years old down to two and a half. And our two and a half year old baby, we were, we were having some um, behavioral breakdown in the room and I already told Pastor Lynn this yesterday, me and him were talking and I told him this and I said, I was so angry as a father. I got angry with my kids. And I, I brought her into the room because everything in me wanted to give her the corporal punishment that she was needing at that moment. And I remember she was looking up at me and I could tell you I, I, again everything. And, and yet, all of a sudden, Holy Spirit checked me and said, do I correct you like that? And no correction had been made. Like nothing had been done yet. Like there, there wasn't, I didn't have my belt out. Like there was nothing, okay? Like I'm just, just to be real, I'm, I'm trying to paint the picture for you. But it was like the Holy Spirit just stopped. It's like, do I, do I correct you like that? And oh, it broke me. There she's crying. There I'm crying. <laughs> You know, this hurts me more than it hurts you. But then I, I knelt down to her level and I began to tell her, sis, can I remind you who you are? She's two and a half. We're still learning. <laughs> I'm 34. I'm still learning. And I said, sis, I, I just got to tell you, babe, like God has called you to be somebody great. And I'm going to walk alongside you. And dad makes mistakes. He does. I'm sorry. I know I'm supposed to be Superman, but like I make mistakes. I said, but I'm sorry. And I hugged her. And then we started to laugh and we started to walk through. And I thought about the same relationship that I want to have with my kids. It's the same thing that God wants to do this morning. That maybe there's some behavioral things that we have started with and we're trying to do. And, and again, we're human and... and and we have human emotions and we've been walking through that with our kids. And, but yet the same thing is, is what God wants to do is just to remind you and I, hey, I've got a purpose for you. So maybe there's some pruning that has to happen. Maybe there's some things that have to be taken out of our lives so that we can be, we can be more focused. The Bible tells us that let us lay aside every weight and sin that, that, that's trying to weigh us down so that we can better run the race that's in front of us. And maybe there's some things in here that we, that we walked in with and I'm, I'm telling you this, this is like the, such the 
presence of God is still so heavy and strong. But I'm telling you, like, it, in his presence, I thought about this. It, it, man, whatever, we're going to get into this. Like, I thought about this because we're going we're gonna to jump into Joshua chapter 6. But in Joshua 5, the, the Lord's doing something in it. And he tells Joshua, this is what's going to end up happening with, your, with the people of, people of, of Israel. And then at the, they had to go through this whole circumcision. And then at the end of chapter 5, Joshua is now having this conversation with, with, with an angel. And, he's, and, he's, and he tells him, like, if you, are you with us or against us? And then when the angel says, I'm the commander of the Lord's army. And then there's this whole dialogue. But then he tells him one thing. He says, remove your shoes because the ground that you stand on is holy. And it's funny because Moses heard the same thing, right? And now his, his, his person, that's, the person that's being taken over next is, is hearing the same thing. Remove your shoes because the ground that you're standing on is holy. And I thought about that as we were singing, the, the, you know, the presence of God and, and where we're standing is holy ground. And, and we're to remove our shoes because it's to remove the things that we have walked in all week long. It's to remove the things that, that, that you know, he wants, to, he wants us to be holy because he is holy. Man, we're going to get into all these things. I'm like jumping so many down farther pages on my notes. But he wants to remove some things, but once in a while, it's going to require us. Not that we can make ourselves clean. Don't, don't get me wrong. Don't, don't hear that. Not that we can make ourselves clean, but that he, requir- he requires some things of us. And that he looks for that, are you going to remove your shoes because the place that we stand on is holy? Are we willing to remove the things that we've walked in, that we've done, that we've tried to make right, and we've, we've, we've walked in these areas, and we know what we're doing, and yet the whole time God's saying, if you just remove your shoes because the ground that you're standing on is holy ground. The ground that you're standing on today is, is ground for to bring you closer into this relationship with him. It's grounding for us to be able to, there's a lot of people not trying to be new agey, but one of the things that, that always makes me laugh, a lot of people, as soon as they land, if they go into a different continent, they always take off their shoes and they're always talking about being grounded to where they're at. And I feel like that's what God wants to do this morning though, is for us to be grounded in him. For us to remove those things that don't belong and for us to be able to be grounded in him. So Joshua chapter 6 with verse number 1. I'm gonna, it's kind of a lengthy reading. I'm really sorry. Verse, 20, verse 1 through 21. It's, we'll go through it here. There's just some, some highlights from the people of, uh, the people of Israel as they, as they move forward into this battle with Jericho. Um, I say this battle, this victory over Jericho, right? And they end up having. So chapter... Or, Chapter 6, verse 1, it says, Now Jericho was shut up inside and outside because of the people of Israel. None went out and none came in. And the Lord said to Joshua, See, I have given you Jericho into your hand with its king and mighty men of valor. You shall march around the city, all the men of war going around the city once. Um, I'm reading from the uh, ESV, the uh, English Standard Version. It says, Thus shall you do for six days. Seven priests shall bear seven trumpets of ram's horns before the ark. On the seventh day, you shall march around the city seven times, and the priest shall blow the trumpets. And when they make a long blast with the ram's horn, you will hear the sound of the trumpet. Then all the people shall, sh- shall shout with a great shout. And the city, the wall of the city will fall down flat. And the people shall go up, everyone straight 
before him, trying to, there's going to be a few phrases we're going to pull out here in the next few moments. And so Joshua, the son of Nun, called the priest and said to them, take up the Ark of the Covenant and let seven priests bear seven trumpets of ram's horns before the Ark of the Lord. And he said to the people, go forward, march around the city and let the armed men pass on before the Ark of the Lord. And just as Joshua had commanded the people, the seven priests bearing the seven trumpets, there's a lot of sevens, uh, seven trumpets of the ram's horns before the Lord went forward, blowing the trumpets with the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord following them. The armed men were walking behind the priest who were blowing the trumpets and the rear guard was walking after the Ark while blowing the trumpets, uh, while the trumpets blew continually. But Joshua commanded the people, you shall not shout or make your voice heard, neither shall any word come out of your mouth until the day I tell you to shout, then you shall shout. So he caused the ark of the Lord to circle the city going around, uh, go, going about it once, and they came into the camp and spent the night in the camp. Then Joshua rose early in the morning, and the priest took up the ark of the Lord and the seven priests bearing the seven trumpets of ram's horns before the ark of the Lord walked on. And they blew the trumpets continually. And the armed men were walking before them. And the rear guard was walking uh, after the ark of the Lord while the trumpets blew continually. Then the second day they marched around the city once and returned to the camp. So they did this for six days. On the seventh day, they rose early at the dawn of day and marched around the city in the same manner seven times. It was only on that day that they marched around the city seven times, and at the seventh time with the priest, um, when the priest had blown the trumpets, Joshua said to the people, shout, for the Lord has given you the city, and the city and all that is within it be devoted to the Lord for destruction. He's given you the city, and all that's within it shall be devoted to the Lord for destruction." Only Rahab the prostitute and who, had, and who are with her in her house shall live because she hid the messengers whom we sent. If you go back and read this whole story, like it's all, it all intermixes, I promise. It's amazing. You, you got to go back and read chapter five, four, five, six. I mean, obviously the whole book of Joshua is amazing. So just read the whole book and you'll be amazed. Um, so let's just make it easy on yourself, right? Um, because she hid the messengers whom we sent. But you... Keep yourselves from the things devoted to destruction, lest when you have devoted them, uh, you take them any, take any of the devoted things and make the camp in Israel a thing for destruction and bring trouble uh, upon it. But all silver and gold and every vessel of bronze and iron are holy to the Lord. They shall go into the treasury of the Lord. So the people shouted and the trumpets were blown. Um, as soon as the people heard the sound of the trumpet, the people shouted a great shout and the wall fell flat so that the people went into the city, every man straight before him, and they captured the city. Then they devoted all, uh, devoted all in the city to destruction, both men and women, young and old, ox, oxen, sheep and donkeys with the edge of the sword." I know it was a lengthy reading and, and we were going through it, but there's some things I just kind of want to pull out for the next few moments, is that so, if that's okay with you. I'd, you know, we, we, we have that saying, and, and I tend to find myself saying that all the time, and me and Jared always laugh about it. It's agree to disagree. How many of you ever heard that saying before? Agree to disagree. You're having an argument with someone, and they start telling you, and, and you don't want to agree with them, but you also don't want to continue disagreeing with them. So you're just like, listen, agree to disagree. Like, you believe you, I'll believe me. 
We're going to go on our way. Um, rather it be uh, anything, we've, we find it numerous times um, in our household as we have been trying to now uh, eat a little bit healthier um, than what we had originally been eating from before. And so my wife was telling me the other day uh, of some things that, that I have to let go of um, to be a little bit more healthier in our household. And uh, I was like, agree to disagree. Listen, like, <laughs> we're going to do this thing, but, um, you know, I spend a lot of nights as I'm going back and forth from the church, and if an energy drink tends to happen, we'll see what ends up happening. So, um, but agreeing to disagree, it's a matter to resolve a conflict in a matter whereby all parties tolerate but don't accept the opposing position. They tolerate each other, but they actually don't accept the position of the person talking with them. And so when I started to think about as, as putting the sermon together and, and, and just spending time in the presence of God, like we say that we might, it might be agree to disagree, but can I, can I say this, that today I want to speak to, we're going to flip that. We're going to disagree with things so we can agree with the truth of God. That we're not going to agree to disagree and tolerate what the enemy may be saying to us and just to get him off our back, but we're actually going to disagree with his lies so that we can agree with the truth of God. There are so many things in, in, in our life today, and I'm not, I'm not going to start saying all these different things about our society or about our, our situation even happening here within our own city, but I tell you what, though, there was, there, on the night that they were supposed to be talking about things, there were thousands of people that showed up to say, I disagree with what is being said. And I think that can be true with all of us, that we need to disagree with some things so that we can agree more with what God has for us. But we've been too busy kind of trying to tolerate the things that are going on because we don't want to upset or we don't want to offend or we don't want to hurt. Um, it, it, you know, when we start talking with our kids, we start talking through this, through this um, healthier lifestyle diet that we've been doing. And and they're like, but what about this? And what about that? And I was like, you know, babe, like there can always be like a Friday night that we just eat a whole gallon of ice cream and call it good, you know, uh, and I'll wash it down with, with a whole energy drink and, and we'll be good. Just one night, boom, done. You know what I mean? Like we, we can have this, well, give me this one thing, you know, please. I don't want to eat kale for the rest of my life. Um, so we're having this, right? Come on. <laughs> But we started talking about things of, of do we want to see our bodies be healthier? Do we want to see, um, because, because we've been told these lies of, hey, you're going to always deal with this thing because of the nationality that I am, that you're going you're gonna to be this way, or, or because even too, like, uh, are we going to continue to flirt with things that the Lord is causing us to disagree with? And, and I know this, and I'm, I'm trying to tell you, like, it, it, I've... Um, I promise you, like, that's the thing, because I kind of got the picture in my head of how much are we holding on to and still trying to reach for all that God's got for us, but the thing that we're holding on to is still pulling us back. And, oh, no, the enemy's got just a hold on me. Does he, or are you holding on to it? You know what I mean? And, and, and uh, I would love to sit there and be like, man, it's the devil, I'm telling you. He's the one that made the store, that made the drink, that put it in my car and, <laughs> and allowed it to be two for four. That's a good deal. 
right? That's a good deal. <laughs> Five bucks, boom, homie, keep the change, you know, and you walk off. And I know I'm, I'm, I know I'm kind of making light of it, but it's the same thing though, right? What things have we allowed into our life because it's such a good deal that we're holding on to? Because it's easier for us to say, hey, no, I, 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 I don't want to quite let go of that. Because if I really let go of that, am I really, are we, is our identity attached to that thing? Or is our identity really wrapped up in God? And what's, what's interesting enough is that both are, are calling to us. Both, both want us to be a part of it. Both, both sides, as the Lord is trying to call us out, hey, come to me because you're, you're, you're weary, you're, you're, you're burdened down. Come to me and I will give you rest. But here's the thing. We, we have to make that decision. Which side or which step am I taking to? What am I disagreeing with to agree with? What am I, what, what, or what am I just agreeing to disagree with? That as long as you stay on your side and I stay on my side, we won't hurt each other. You eat your kale salad, I will have mine with meat. Um, you know, uh, 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 even the other day, I just, one more thing, I'm sorry. Uh, you know, we were getting ready to eat this, I think it was a chicken sandwich or something like that, and I was like, babe, there's no like hamburger bun thing, uh, you know, there was, there, was, there was no bread. And um, that was really hard to say. There's no bread. And she said, no, it's cool, I've got, um, these lettuce that you can just wrap it in. And I was like, bro, I'm going to Walmart. <laughs> Sorry, get my shoes on. I don't agree with that. <laughs> I didn't though. We, we, we found bread. Thank you, Jesus, in our house. And um, but then she reminded me, are you really that hungry? Because if you were really hungry, you know what's good for you. and You'd be eating that. I'm telling you, she's that voice where, man, she's only this tall, but she jabs with the Holy Spirit. Man, she's a powerful woman of God, I'm telling you. But she helps, she helps me, right? And that's what, what a husband and wife team, right? That we're to be with each other. And, um, you know, I've realized something as well, and that is, I thought about, I, 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 had, I had to get convicted of this because when I'd be with the kids and, and then I'd be like, oh, it's cool. It's just one little bag of whatever. And it's got a super amount of sugar, dyes, and all these things. And then I caught myself saying, but don't tell mom. <laughs> listen, listen, it's our, it's our, this is our thing, okay? Am I speaking to any parents in the house? Okay. But do you, can I tell you something? I got convicted as I was studying for the sermon. I got convicted and I was like, oh Lord, that I am teaching my kids to lie, you know, to cover it up. Oh, it's just a white lie, right? Then the, then the thoughts process. Oh, it's just a white lie. I was like, cool. Agree to disagree. It's just a little white lie. But I was like, Lord, forgive me because like I, I, what I'm doing every day is leading these kids um, and, and, and how I'm teaching them. And again, I'm not trying to say I have it all together. That's why I get up here and I share you these stories because I don't have it all together. I am, I am partnering with, with God and how to be a good father and husband. Um, but there are sometimes my own human nature gets in the way. And, and there's a lot of times even with, with um, even into our marriage as we've been 
trying to, like I said, be more intentional. And I feel like in 2023, like that's the thing from a lot of us is we want to be more intentional. We want to be intentional with our walk with God. We want to be intentional with our Bible reading. We want to be intentional with the worship music. We want to be intentional with all these things. Uh, But yet, like, it's like, but what exactly have we changed up to be able to follow after the presence of God of what he's called us to do? Um, Or is it that we are still holding on to things that we like because it's good and it tastes amazing and it's awesome and it's got a good beat to it, so why not? You know, and, and, and I thought about, so Leviticus chapter 11, verse 44 through 45 in the English Standard Version, it says, for I am the Lord your God. Consecrate yourselves, therefore, and be holy. Why? For I am holy. You shall not defile yourselves with any swarming thing that crawls on the ground. For I, the Lord, uh, the Lord who brought you out of the land of Egypt uh, to be your God, you shall therefore be holy, for I am holy. What he is calling us to do is he's saying, listen, I want you to take on my full identity, but you can't take on my full identity when we're still partnering with things that are not of him. And and, and I promise you, again, I'm I'm right here with you. I'm going with you. And it's what the the, the thing that it is, it's like if we are going to see the presence of God fall like never before, there has got to be a consecration time that we begin to push the things out and say, hey, listen, I don't need that anymore. Can I tell you that the, everything that the enemy wants to give us is a counterfeit? It's, a, it's things to counterfeit the joy. It's to counterfeit the satisfaction. It's to counterfeit the, the, the me. It's to make me feel good. But Moses said, I'd rather endure affliction with the people of Israel than to, than to, than to have, have it be in sin for a season. Because seasons, when we walk out of sin, sin's one of those ones that just makes you think, oh, I just need a little bit and I'll be okay. I just need a little bit and I'll do okay. We begin to flirt with those things and all of a sudden sin, the Bible tells us in Romans, when sin, when it is finished, it brings about death because it makes us believe it's okay to take a little bit. I know, I, I, I promise you, there is hope. This is hope, okay? Don't get, don't get upset at me. This is hope. That because what the Lord wants to do is for us to be consecrated because he wants to see a bride that's holy and acceptable in his sight Um, that stands for truth and righteousness, not matter what the circumstance around us says, but says, I am going to be holy because the Lord my God is holy. So there might be some things, and I I know there might be some things in our house that we might have to get rid of because I want to consecrate that when somebody walks into the house, they feel the presence of God so strong that they can be healed of every disease, every circumstance. They can be healed of their broken heart. But how much... Am I holding on to that I'm literally losing out with the purpose or future that God has for me? Because we want to flirt with it. We want to give only half-hearted. Like, I want to give him everything, but yeah. I I always laugh. There was a, a cartoon that I saw a long time ago, back when I would read the paper. And uh, now we get everything on our tablets and phones. So, um... But there was a cartoon that said, everything that goes under the water, they're getting ready to baptize the person. They said, everything that goes under the water is going to belong to the Lord. And so you see the pastor in the cartoon, he baptizes the person, but there's one hand sticking out from the water and he's holding onto his wallet. (laughs) And then he picks him back up. And then he says, why did you leave it up? He said, because you said everything that goes under the water belongs to the Lord. And that was the end of the comic. And I was like, wow, okay. 
you know, at 14 years old, you're kind of like, that's kind of funny. But now as an adult, I'm like, wow, how many things have I kept out of the water because I didn't want to really give it to God? How, you know, and I thought about it. We, 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 we say it to money, but can I say that? How many, if we go down in the water, have we held out our hand with the joy because we know that we can experience real joy, but I don't know if I give that to God, is it really going to be joy? I mean, am I really going to be smiling around? Am I really, you know, or am I going to be experiencing it? What am I holding out of the water that, that's holding me back from having a true relationship with God? We say new year, new me. I, uh, we say it every, right? New Year's Eve, we start making our list. Man, I'm going to work out like never before this year. I'm going to quit those things. I will start eating kale salad, and I will be wrapping things in lettuce, and I will, you know, don't drink that thing. <laughs> but am I holding, but, but really, by the time it all is said and done, how much am I really holding on to? You know, this, this past weekend was amazing, right, with Steve and Wendy Backlund. It was so cool to, to have them here. And, and um, what was really exciting is to see some of our staff as they were making declarations, um, making declarations around the office and they're declaring things. And, they're, and we came out of, a, uh, I think it was a meeting or something. Anyways, you could hear like people yelling in the, in the um, hallways of like, I am a child of God. Then you hear this echo, I am a child of God and I can do all things and I can do all things. And it was like really cool to hear that as they were declaring. So they come into the office and we're talking about it and they're just, I mean, they're clicking, man. They're, they're doing their thing. They're, they're declaring. And one of them spoke up and said, I don't need caffeine to be awake every day. And the other one said, I don't need caffeine to be awake every day. And I'm the only third one in the office. And they turn and look at me and I said, um, listen, I don't have a clicker. I don't know if I can connect with you at this point. Okay. That's really what I'm. That's really what I was, okay? But how many times have we stood in that position? When we've heard the truth of God, I am a child of God. I loved it when Steve and Wendy Backlund, I don't remember which night, I'm sorry, they all tend to blend, all the different times that we heard them. Um, but it was like, if you wouldn't give hope, if somebody was standing in front of you saying what you're saying, if you, if you wouldn't say it over them, then why are you saying it over yourself? If somebody came up to you and said, man, I'm going through this, I'm going through that, what would be your first response? I'm going to pray for you. No, God's got something for you. God's doing amazing things in your life. You start pointing it out, but then we get home and we start talking, God can't do that. Nope, he, can't. he can help their situation, but he can't help my situation. Wait, he's the same God. If he can help your situation, he can help my situation. If he can help my situation, I'm telling you, sure enough, he can help your situation. That, that's where we got to start to get to. Are we agreeing with the truth of God? Or are we disagreeing with the truth? Because we're trying to hold on to this last little sliver of things that the enemy wants to be able to take out. So we see it all, all throughout this whole entire chapter. And again, I'm just going to hit some highlights uh, here for you. So this whole story is impactful with so much goodness. I promise you, that's your homework this week. Go home and read Joshua. Like, all the chapters. I mean, it's, it's, it's just amazing. Um, but, but you're going to, it's just so awesome to see. And so we see where the Lord starts off in Joshua chapter six, and he says, I have given you the city. 
He says, do you see what I've already done? Uh, he's talking to Joshua and said, you know, here's everything that they've even shut their doors so that nobody can come in or come out. Jericho has already agreed that Israel is going to take the city because they were so scared that they shut everything off and they weren't even allowing their people to come out. If Jericho had agreed, if didn't agree with that, they would have been doing business as normal. But the city shut completely down because they were fearful, because they saw what the people of Israel had already experienced. They had already seen the testimony of their God, of what he had already done, and they were scared that it was about to happen to them. Can I tell you that that's what the enemy does in your life? Because he already knows that you're called. He already knows you've got a purpose. What he's really just trying to do is get you to not believe it. What he's really trying to get you to do is to keep agreeing with him that you're not strong enough. You're not a good husband. You're not a good father. You're not a good parent. You don't have enough finances. He's trying to get you to agree with that, even though he himself has already shut everything up because he knows if you just get that last little sliver of truth and hope, then what's going to happen is this Holy Ghost explosion out of you to say, no, my marriage will be saved. My finances are blessed. I am a child of God. Get out the way, Jericho. You know what I mean? Like, we got to get some umph to us. Like, hey, agreeing with the truth of God that I am healed, I am delivered, and I am set free. Yeah. Jericho shut up the city and said, listen, they're too strong. We can't do it. And what's funny is they're just a bunch of people walking around the desert, but they just crossed the Jordan River. And it's like the Bible says that all these things, all these cities began to hear about what, they had, what, what had happened to them because of the God they served. It wasn't that they were upset or scared of the people that they were. They were more scared of the truth uh, of the person that, that they were holding on to. It's funny, Pastor Christy, I was thinking about, uh, you started talking about, you know, we can, we're, we're, we're walking with God and we're holding his hand. I thought about that, like naming this sermon, like who am I holding hands with? Because it's like, here comes, here Jericho's upset and trying to close up because they know who the Israelites are holding hands with. Because as long as I'm holding hands with him, I, I do have the power that God gives to me because I'm holding hands with them. I do have, I can walk with him. It's the same thing we do with our children. When they begin to walk, it's not something that I'm just like, here you go, and I kind of push her along the way. No, we stuck out our hands, and she grabbed onto my hands, and we walked around the house numerous times as we did this walk to help her to get set to who God is or what God's doing in her life. The same thing what God is doing in here with us today is he wants you to hold his hands because when you hold his hands, you're connecting with the power that I, that I, that I as a father, I had for her. Because she didn't have to worry about falling. Why? Because I was holding her hand. She didn't have to worry about what was going to come around the obstacle. I was going to lead her around the obstacle. I was the one that was going to do. Why? Because I'm the dad and I want to see that as my kid. The same thing our Heavenly Father wants to do with you today. To lead you around the obstacles that you feel like are so big and so bad. And he's saying, no, I've already given you victory. All you got to do is just hold my hand. So the Lord broke it down with three things. Man, I have so many more verses, but we're just gonna, we're gonna hit a couple things, okay? Um, three things that he told Joshua. He said, the city of Jericho is yours, the king of that city, and the men of valor. The city is yours, uh, the city of Jericho, the, the king is yours, and the men of valor. Three things, we're gonna break it down kind of fast here. First off, it's the city of Jericho. Do you know that the city of Jericho, if you meet, go back to the meaning, it means fragrant. 
It means like the aroma. So it was with that what God was telling Joshua is that because there's aroma that's coming from this city, I want you to change the city because I've given to you that the aroma is going to change. Ephesians chapter five, verses one through two, it says this, therefore be imitators of God as beloved children. Verse two, and walk in love as Christ loved us and gave himself up for us, what? As a fragrant offering and sacrifice to God. Be imitators of God, be imitators of God because we are beloved children, but walk in love as Christ has already loved us, gave himself for us that, that he can be, that, to be a fragrant offering and sacrifice to God. That is what he wants from each and every one of us, that our lives are fragrant sacrifices to him. How? By understanding first that we're imitators of God, we're his children, and we walk in love. That we are his children, we imitate him, and we walk in love. So there's a thing that he talks about is that fragrant. What I want you to have is a fragrance. Next, he says the city, the king of the city, meaning the chief ruler or the authority over that city. When God was talking to Joshua, a lot of times... You know, the, the Sunday school version is what a lot of us tend to go back to in our head, right? Is that, that we're like, we're, we're talking about it, and I was, I was reading through it and looking at it. But when he mentioned these three things, he didn't say, just say, I'm going to give you the city and everything inside of it. He said, wait, I'm going to give you the city, but then I'm going to give you the king. I'm going to give you the ruler, the authority of that. And I thought about this. Let me just read, the, let me read these verses, and we'll say, say this comment. Matthew chapter 28, verses 18 through 20. Matthew 28, 18 through 20. It says, and Jesus came and said to them, this is to the disciples. He said, all authority in heaven and earth has been given to me. Then he tells them to do what? Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you always, um, even to the ends of the age. When he is talking about it, it's, it's like when, when the Lord breaks it down with Joshua, he says, I'm not just going to change. You're not just going to change the aroma of the, of the place that you're in, but you're also going to have dominion and authority in the rightful place that you're already supposed to possess. And so that's where Jesus is saying that we tend to forget because it's like, are you sure this is what? No, 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 no. Because it's the same spirit that rose Jesus from the grave is the same spirit that lives within you and I today to give life to our mortal bodies so that we can be able to walk in the authority that he has already given us. But what happens is this. We partner with that we're not stronger. We can't do it. So we partner with the lie versus partnering with the truth. Versus partnering with that we are to go into our cities, making them disciples, baptizing them, seeing God do a work in their life, and then teaching them the commandments to be holy because God is holy. Not of rules or regulations, and I get it, and I'm, I'm not trying to be religious here because I, I, I know I've been there. I've grown up that way where it had to be, be the way that we looked, the way that we, the, the, the dress that we wore or the, or the, uh, the dress that the ladies wore, okay? Um, <laughs> I realized when I said, I was like, hey, oh, um, <laughs> their sleeve length had to be a certain way and, and our hair had to be a certain way. But yet what it is, it's like, no, what God wants to do is you to partner in a relationship with him. Come on. And when we partner in relationship with him, we talk about engagement, right? When we get engaged with somebody, we are literally saying like, listen, I am forsaking all others to be just with you. And that's what the father wants to do today with you and I. 
is he wants to say, hey, listen, there's some things that we've maybe flirted with, dated with, we have in the past, and he's saying no, but you got to let go of those things. That's why um, when Paul says, I forget those things which are behind, and I press towards those things which are before. It's the prize. What's the prize? It's Jesus Christ. It's his calling on my life. That's the prize that he has for you and I. But he says, I've got to forget some things that are behind me, and I've got to press. I've got to reach. I've got to consecrate myself so that I can be able to stand in his presence with a clean hands and a pure heart to see God really change our city, to see him change our family, to see him change my kids, to see him change me, uh, because it starts with me right as the husband, and to see me change in the presence of God, that we can lead our families well, that we can lead our city into a, 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 a revival time, that we see Paul, our Saul to Paul conversions, that we see that just as, as much as we see our city being set free from the addictions and the lies and the statistics that are being set over our cities or over our children or over our region, we are partnering with the voice of God rather than partnering with the voice of the enemy. And so the last thing he says is men of valor, that he's going to give them the men of valor, give them the men, meaning the strength or the passion that Jericho had. He says they're no longer going to be, they're no longer going to be a threat to you and to what God is doing in your life. I think it's kind of interesting in, in here, in the, in the Old Testament, we see a lot of, a lot of, war and a lot of the way that they that they took cities and and we don't necessarily do that anymore we don't see those things but yet we see where um i think i it was i think steve and wendy back when they were talking and it was like it used to be the stronghold cities but now it's the stronghold of the minds that happens here in the new testament or here happens here today because what the lord is is showing us here in the book of joshua especially with this and that is there is something that god wants to do in your life but are you going to first partner with him that I do have victory before I've ever stepped in victory? Sorry, going to kind of fast forward a little bit. So we see it where they march around. They march around Jericho. Can I just say this, that not only do we have to partner with the victory that God has already given to us, but that also means that God wanted to change their routine of how they did life. He wanted to change the routine of how they would normally win a victory. They would break down the city door, they would, or, or, or gate, and they would go in, they would destroy everything, they'd take the city. But now he's saying there's a new routine that he wants to put into their life to make them realize it's not about me, but it's about him. And so the routine was they had to sit there and march around the city and march around the city and march around the city. And what he's showing them is the exact same thing he wants to show us. If we want to see God really move in our life, we also have to look at the routine of our life. What is in our life that we have not changed our routine? One of the things before Stephen and Wendy got here, we knew they were coming for a little while, but um, I was trying to do the more declarations and, and more things over my own life. And I ended up picking out five things that I just made myself and I said, this is what I want to say. So every morning I try to, it's not always happening. I'm trying to change my routine that when I first get up, it's not grabbing to the phone, but it's putting my hand on my own head and saying, Tim, you are a child of God. Tim, you are a great husband. Tim, you're a great father. Tim, you're a great leader. Tim, you are great with finances. And I just chose five because when you get to 10, it gets kind of murky and watery and I forget a lot of them. But 
I chose five that I was trying to say every single day. And I thought about that in this, with this Jericho. It's like the, the routine that we have, if we are really going to see, because as Jesus, every time someone came and had an encounter with Jesus, there was this, your sins are forgiven, but then what? Go and sin no more. Hey, you got to change your routine. You can't go to the same house you've been going. You can't listen maybe to the same thing you've been listening to and expect the blessings to flow. You, can, you can't, I'm not saying they can't. I, I believe they can. It's amazing to see God do. But if we really want to experience the true joy that he has for us, we've got to clean out some things. We've got to consecrate so that we can be able to see God move in our midst. And I, and I know they say with us, all of us, because I do. I just don't want to see it with me, but I want to see all of us walk in the true purpose of what God has for us. I want to see all of us walk in, in freedom. All of us walk in, in anointing and giftings and callings that he has for us. But what are we holding on to that has stopped the true blessings from God? What have we held on to? And it might be something, I'm, I'm just shooting here, but it's like there might be something that, that we're listening to. And rather it's, it's, it's from the phone to the TV. You know, it's, it's interesting enough that I was listening to this documentary thing and it was talking about the television and because it's the television because the more that we're watching it it's telling us what we should be thinking i'm not trying to say throw it out please whoa listen but i am trying to say this what are we watching what are we listening to that we're putting into our ears to allow us and that's the one thing that's over and over and over again saying and I believe what God wants to do is for us to take our city, to tell us to take our stronghold, for you to take back your house, for you to take back your marriage, for you to take back your children. But he tells Joshua, you got to consecrate yourself. Even in chapter five, Joshua basically had to circumcise all the men because they had wandered in the desert for 40 years and a new generation had come up that was not circumcised, that didn't go back to the covenant that they originally had with God. And they were trying to take cities without, without, basically without consecrating themselves, saying, hey, they were trying to do it themselves. But what really, when they really started to be blessed, when they really started to, to see these miracles begin to happen is when they began to consecrate themselves back to their God. And I believe that's what he's calling us back to today because he does have a purpose for you. He does got a calling on your life. And what he wants to do is so amazing. But I just ask the question, what are we agreeing with on a day-to-day -day basis? Would you stand with me? I hope this made sense. I know we laughed a lot. Um, but I want you guys to, thanks. But I want all of you to know, like from, I, Pastor Matthew said it earlier, and, and to the word that was said, like, listen, as pastors, we love you. We love you. We want to see the best for you. We want to see you grow. We want to see you be equipped and empowered for you to fulfill your purpose in Christ. We want to be greenhouses that you can walk in and you can just feel the presence of God. But when you walk out, you begin to walk in the authority that he's called you to do. That he's called you to walk in. He's the purpose that you have on your life. So there's some things that we need to consecrate. And I'm not saying like you probably thought of some things while I was preaching. Um, maybe there's some things on your way home, the conversation of, hey, what's a routine that we can change? I love it. We've been hearing of the routines, like we talked about from the staff, um, that they've been, they've, been, they've been doing declarations every morning. And, 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 and it's like the routine has to change 
if we're going to really see the blessing of God because he want, it's already there. He already wants to bless you. You just have to open up and say, hey, I'm, I'm ready to receive. I'm ready to leave 2022 back behind me. I'm ready to walk into 23 with the greatest marriage. I'm ready to walk into 23 with the greatest revival that we've seen in our children and our grandchildren. And I'm ready to see the greatest revival um, in our VSSM school. I'm ready to see the greatest revival in our VCA Christian Academy. I'm ready to see revival, but I can't see those things unless I've changed up and consecrated to God. So if our ministry team would make their way on up, they'd love to get the chance to pray with you. But I also just want to open up the altar here and, and just, if there's something that, that, that was said that was like, man, that's me. Man, that's, that's something that I want, to, I want to, you know, get rid of in my life. Hey, the altar is going to be open here in a second. And it's just, it, you can be with you and God or you can come to the ministry team or one of us pastoral team. We'd love to get the chance to pray with you. But I want you to know that he's ready to bless you the more. But I just would ask, what are we agreeing with? Or what, have we, what do we need to disagree with so that we can agree more with the truth of God? So would you close your eyes, bow your head, and then, and then we'll dismiss here and go into ministry time. But Father, we just thank you that you are loving and powerful to us. We thank you that you call us to be more like you, that we are going to be imitators of you. And we're going to walk in love. We're going to walk in power. When we step foot into our car, there might even have to be a radio station we might have to change. But when we step into our car, we're going to take back the, the city that you have given to us. We're going to take back the house that you have given to us. We're going to take back our marriage that you have given to us. We're going to take back our children that may have gone astray or even our little kids that we're raising up right now. We are taking them for the kingdom of God because we know that they are powerful and they are strong and they are mighty. And we say, enemy, you have to take your hand off right now because we are disagreeing with you. We are disagreeing with your lie. We are disagreeing with even your truth that you're trying to make as our truth. No, no, no. I come into the truth. I come into agreement with the truth that you are my father. You, God, you are our, our supreme, our ruler, our, our everything, that we give it all to you this morning. So we thank you for it in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. So I, before, we, before we break and we do all these things, I just ask, is there anybody that wants to make that declaration and get out of your seat and come on down and say, hey, I'm ready to consecrate before the Lord. I'm ready just to give it all up. Is there anybody that would like to do that? I don't want to embarrass you, but I do want you to know we're here to celebrate with you. We're here to walk with you. And if not, you want to do it afterwards, you totally can. But again, we'd love to get the chance to pray with you. We do ask that you, um, if you're in the sanctuary during ministry time, please keep your conversation to a bare minimum or at least on a low tone so that we can be able to minister with people because we want people to be blessed, right? We want people to, be, to feel that experience. If not, if you need to go, we will see you next Sunday. So again, ministry, ministry team is up here. They'd love to get the chance to pray for you. If you have to go, you totally can. But God bless you guys. I hope this week is a consecrating week. I hope this week is an authority week that you take it back for the kingdom of God and for your household. We love all of you, and we will see you next week right here on Sunday morning at 10 a.m. God bless you guys, and have a great, great week.